0: So um, today's uh, study is regeneration. Um, Another way of saying that is being born again. So um, several weeks back, we were um, we spent a great deal of time on election. Um, Last time we were together, the last two weeks, we've been talking about the gospel call. Um, today we're going to be talking about regeneration so uh, being born again we're going to look at several places uh, that connect the the gospel and the Word of God to this um, this idea of regeneration or being born again um, I'm going to read from the systematic theology book. Um, what Grudem, kind of the definition that he gives here for regeneration. Um, So, regeneration is a secret act of God in which he imparts new spiritual life to us. This is sometimes called being born again. Um, We can find that usage, that, that term being born again in John 3, verses 3 through 8. We're going to see it in a couple of other places as we dig in today. So as the gospel is preached, and we hear this gospel, or as we spend time in the Word, studying the Word, and the Holy Spirit preaches this gospel to us, something happens, right? So for for everyone who is here today, um, who is a follower of Christ, you have been born again. Now, a question that will come up in this is when when does this work of regeneration occur? Right, like 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 what's the order of of regeneration, faith, conversion? Like, what is that? What is that order? And we're not going to spend so much time today. Um, focused on the order, like what comes first? Does regeneration come first or or faith come first? We're going to look at a couple of places in Scripture that that seem to, to point to regeneration occurring before faith or this new life occurring before faith coming out of that would would come questions at least for me whenever I think about this is is if regeneration occurs before I place my faith in Christ then is there a time in which I could say that I'm born again yet not a believer right like and this is what when, when we think about like the ordering of it these are some of the questions that kind of come up <clears throat> that come up there Another option there was when we're born again is there a simultaneous work of being born again and faith being born out of that right like is it instead of one preceding the other is it is it um do they both occur kind of simultaneously at, at once um we're going to we're going to see like i say um one thing that That will be very clear as we dig into this is that this, this work of regeneration, this new life, this being born again is, is in no way us performing some work or some action, right? This is complete and totally the work of God, right? If we're dead in our trespasses, dead men don't bring themselves to life, and um, I don't know one of you who picked the day of your birth, right? So, like the language, the language that's used here, this "born again" would would seem to place this idea outside of the realm of our own will. And would place that work in the will of the one who brings us forth into this new life, right? So that's the that's kind of some of the ideas that we're going to look at as we as we dig into this. So the first place that I want us to go here, as we look at this, is kind of a a prophetic um, a prophetic word from from God in the Old Testament, pointing forward to this reality that we find. Um, here, So, uh, if you would, Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26 and 27. Give you a second to get there if you're not there already. Um, so, 26. And I will give you a new heart. And a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. So, question that I want us to think about when we look at this text. Who is it that is doing this work? God. Who is it that's promised this work? So God's promised that he will give us new hearts. He's promised that he will place within us a spirit. He's promised that he will cause us, it says the last part of that verse there, and I will cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. Who does this work? When the, will there be a day question? Will there be a day in which you never sin? Is that, now is that day today? But you have a hope of that day. When that day occurs, why will you walk? why will you, uh, why will you walk in his statutes? Because he caused it, why will you be careful to obey his rules? Because he has performed this work, right? So this new heart, like and it's happening now. It's happening now, for certain. It's happening now. There's a work that, and we're gonna in future in future um, topics, we're gonna talk about sanctification. This work that's happening in us in this moment, right? But when we stand on that day sinless, blameless, and when we continue in eternity walking sinless, blameless, and we trace that line back, the last place that we will hit will not be a decision that we made. It will not be an action that we took. It will not be a pattern or practice that we set up in our lives. The ultimate root cause, the last place, the, the, the backstop, if you will, of this reality will be God's work in us, right? He's given us a new heart. So when we, when we look at this, I want, us to, I want us to think about the way that this ought to cause us to approach our our walk as those who are born again. If you are a believer, right? If you have placed your faith in Christ, the order of regeneration and faith and conversion matters not now for you, right? Because you live as one who has been born again, okay? But from the reality that it is God who's placed this new heart within us, that it is God that's caused us, we can have some practical truths that we hold on to. One is that if if it is ultimately God doing this work, then he will not fail in this. So when I find myself today a new creation, having been born again, failing and struggling, here's what I know: is that I need to I need to cling to God, most certainly. Right? But ultimately, I can have faith in my failures that one day I will not fail. And it won't be because I'm strong enough or good enough or I've put patterns and practices in my life. It will ultimately be because God has done this work. Now, there is this time, there is this moment that we find ourselves in now where we are born again. We are this new creation, and yet we find ourselves struggling. And this is, there's a mystery in why in why he lets us go on like this, right? There is a mystery that I have, like... I can attempt in my mind to try to put the pieces together, but I fail miserably in in all regards. So I, I don't want us to lose the fact that there's real life between the moment that you were born again and the time in which you will find yourself standing firm, only desiring to walk in the ways of God, right? There's something that's happening on this side. That on the other side, we'll look back and it will it will be more clear as to why he's done it in the way that he's done it. But the, the reality, the practical truth that I want us to hold on to in this is that we are born again as a work of God alone. And he will complete this work in us. And calls this reality. Let's let's read this again. So Ezekiel 36, 26 and 27. And I will give you a new heart. Do you have a new heart? Do you believe in Christ Jesus? You have a new heart. And a new spirit I will put within you. Has God given you a renewed spirit? A new life? And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh. And I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit. So not only has God given us a new heart, not only has he given us a new spirit, he will also, in verse 27, put his spirit, the Holy Spirit. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. So when you desire God, it is because he has led you to that point, right? When you make decisions that are in line with what God would have for you in your life, ultimately, he has caused you, right? And I will put my spirit, verse 27 there, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, Right? Calls you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. So the Holy Spirit working within us. So now we've heard the gospel. The gospel has been presented to us. This work of regeneration occurring. Faith flowing from that. Simultaneously perhaps. God creating something new in us. Being born again. 1st Let's go now, um, we're going to look at a couple of places where we see this connection between um, the Word of God and this, um, this new life, being being born again. So 1 Peter, if you'll flip with me uh, to 1 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to be looking at verses 23 uh, through 25 there. So 1 Peter chapter 1 23 through 25 <clears throat> Excuse me Since you have been born again not of perishable seed but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God for all flesh is like grass and all its glory like the flower of grass. And the grass withers and the flower falls. But the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. So you've been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable. Through the living and abiding, what? Word of God. So again, again, I want us to realize the importance of God's Word for the lost. For the one who is not born again. For the one who has not believed. Is it possible to come to belief in God apart from God's Word? So if we desire to see the lost world saved, can we fail to present the gospel?
1: It's clear to me more and more as I read the Old Testament that even the miracles that occurred did not secure and do the regenerating. So even today, when you see, that's a very good sign that it's not good is when you see people performing things but not preaching the word of God yeah. not preaching the gospel because there will be no
0: change, no regeneration no lasting change there's no lasting change so from from this new life this spirit indwelling us that God has given us causing us, let's, we're going to go um, let's go to Galatians real quick, this is a this is something of a detour here. Deuteronomy 30 is another one where,
1: he, you know, they. <laughs> this week I really camped out there because he kept saying the very same thing that we just read that I will <laughs>
0: caution. Yeah. Let me, sorry about this. This thing, my tablet can sometimes be slow to switch. Galatians 5.22 Oh, excuse me. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. This fruit is the result of what we see in Ezekiel, this promise that we see in Ezekiel This causing us to walk after God right so as a believer we ought to see this evidence growing within us the fruit of the spirit is we ought to see love growing within us joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self control so when you mentioned earlier like there there are those who present i'm going to call it another gospel Right, A gospel that is um, at, at times can appear to be very effective, um, that can appear to bring um, many blessings in this world, um, but if you ever see a preacher presenting a gospel and he is not presenting that gospel from the Word of God, here's something that you can be guaranteed of, is that those who who receive that, I'm air quote, gospel, will not, in the long run, unless they find the true gospel, ever produce the fruit that we find in Galatians 5.22. It is, it is impossible, given sufficient time for us to consistently, of our own accord, produce that fruit. Um, so,
1: what I'm trying to relate this to, as far as you're speaking, like, is, is like my stepdad, um, he grows a garden, and he had a squash plant. And he said, Come here, I want you to see something. So, I go up there, and I look at this squash plant. These leaves are like. Is the most beautiful squash plant I have ever seen. And then he
0: looks at me and he says, "You believe this this squash plant has not given me one squash? I have not got one squash off this plant. Mm-hmm. So is that what you're trying to say?" Yes, to like, mm-hmm. yes. I think they that all the, they have all the things that they need, and they're, but they're not giving the fruit. I think that's a, I think that's a beautiful way mm-hmm. to think about it because those who would hear. A false gospel, or hear a gospel, like like what I would like the, the the false gospel of our day is the gospel of prosperity, like come to Jesus and get stuff. And the churches are full. And those churches, yes, yes, those churches, and 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 that is not to say that someone in those churches can't find the true gospel, right? Because because even in a church like that. So long as they tell you bring your Bible, study your Bible, mm-hmm. you may read the Bible and the Holy Spirit speak to you, right?
1: And circumstances will prove. Yes. That suffering comes.
0: Yes. To believers,
1: mm-hmm. okay, how
0: are you gonna do that? This is this is and and this is an that's an unavoidable reality, right? An unavoidable re- reality is that a gospel that says you will prosper and only prosper here, give it time and life will happen because none of us avoid pain none of us avoid suffering but what happens is there you you can you see something that looks beautiful right you see these leaves that appear to be exactly what you're looking for but in the end you find no fruit right no lasting fruit and and we need to examine ourselves here, right? Like we need to examine ourselves here because if what we're saying is is that this reality, this new life, this being born again can't originate with us. This is a work that God does, that he calls us, Then if we're honest with ourselves and we and we ex- and we do self-examination, now we need to be careful that we don't lie to ourselves, right? But it, but if we examine ourselves, we can see clearly the difference between what Scripture says God will do and cause, and what we do, right, and what we can cause in and of our own works and labor. So. Yeah, so- Yeah. not anything in here? Yeah. But he wasn't Yeah. In the end when the harsh weather comes like those leaves are just going to wither. Yeah. So just
1: those like are... that said the, the leaves Yeah. You know. Yeah. All of us do. Yeah. You know, but without the word of God there is nothing. Left. Yeah. I mean, these fruit that we bear, they go into eternity cuz they they cause that that um
0: Investment in the kingdom. Yes. Because they multiply to others. They're a spillover. Yes. And, people, and not from us and, in, us. and in this, in this working out, like we go, like that, that love, joy, peace, patience, like that causes us to go and present the gospel, mm-hmm. right? Like fruit producing seeds of the gospel, watering the gospel. With the gospel and new life, right? what would happen if you had if you had a garden? like let let's say that you had only in that garden you just let it go, and all that you have is is uh, plants producing leaves in time, what will happen? Those plants will die, and no more plants will come up there are no seeds. and no, nothing will have come from it at all.
1: Fruit berry, yes. He always has
0: seeds. Seeds. So, and that's, those seeds produce new plants. I
1: love plants. it so the garden. I love being outside yeah. and
0: working in the
1: garden. Because every time I'm in the garden, the Lord speaks to me. It's so... Yeah. His creation teaches the gospel. Yeah. And he, he,
0: these, these examples that, he's get, that he gives us in Scripture are meant to... like He has laid out for us things in His creation, like in the created order, that before He did any of it, He knew that He would reference those things to give us understanding. Right? So when He speaks about the fruit of the Spirit, there's a reason that we can come up with these ideas, these corollary thoughts. Yes, there's a reason that he called it fruit, right? There's a reason that, he, that it's spoken of as being born again, right? And I think that there, we can stretch analogies too far, right? We get that, like, like If we nitpick every little thing, we can stretch things too far. But the big one big idea from being born again is how many of you are responsible for your birth? How many of you? So like ultimately, how many of us are responsible for our new birth? Unless we're born again, no one will see the kingdom of God. And then Nicodemus would say, how am I supposed to enter into my mother's womb? With man, it is impossible. Right? With man, it is impossible. Let's let's go now to uh, James. We're going to be in James chapter 1 as well. James chapter 1 verse... 18. Actually, I'm going to go back to 16 and start reading there. So, do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change of his own will. He brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Now, this idea of being, of this word that's used here, this phrase brought us forth, this is the same. Wording that you would use for giving birth. Some translations will actually say "born again," right? Um, so, so this idea here is that it is of God's will that He brought us forth by what? By the word, by the word of truth. Okay, that we should be a kind of first fruits of His creatures. Again, we see that first fruits um, analogy. In, in use here so who is it that brought us forth? from who were we born again? from whose work, from whose will, from whose desire? it is God's will and by his own will he has brought us forth again. if you are a believer, if you've placed your faith in Christ, you cannot, when you when you run that back when i when i read and i see something like this I, my thought my mind says something something must have preceded my faith right something must have preceded it god's working through his word throughout history is one of those things that preceded it Him using that work to bring me forth from death to life from this old man being born again into a new creation here. This is of His own will. It was not. I'm not here today following, desiring, loving Christ because first I loved Him. Because first I put my faith in him. Because first I desired him. All of those things are true. I I love him. I desire to know him. I placed my faith in him. But none of those were first. Right? None of those were first. First his gospel was presented. And he worked in the presentation of that gospel to bring me forth by that word. So if we're thinking about the lost and we're thinking about how will they come to know him? If we are not first and foremost focused on the presentation of the gospel to them, then we're doing it wrong. How will they believe if the word is not preached? So God, breathing us or bringing us forth by the word of truth. So you were born again, directly connected with the gospel being presented to you, whether it was through preaching that you heard from a pulpit or from a preacher on the street or from a classroom or from you spending time in the word and the spirit preaching to you directly. Everyone who has been born again, the gospel has borne fruit in your heart. Right? And how would you, even by hearing the
1: gospel, we read so many times throughout Old Testament, even in New Testament, where they can't see. Yeah. And isn't faith?
0: Yes. Yeah, so let's let's look at this. is a, This is really good. This is really good. Okay. Yeah. So like, again, we get to this point of why is it that why doesn't everyone right? Why isn't everyone born again that hears the gospel? Why? Why? Everyone who is born again has believed the gospel. What is the ordering? Is 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 really a, a question that. Um, tends to tends to come up here. Um, let's look at Acts chapter sixteen. This is a so we've spoken in um, several of the ele- the studies through election um, about this work of hardening, right? What is this? What is this hardening of Pharaoh's heart? And this idea being that, like, if God withdraws Himself from us, by our nature we become hardened. Right, we become fixed in what we are, but it is a it is a moving in that um, a moving in of God that um, that does the opposite work, that does a, a softening or an opening. So, um, flip with me to Acts chapter sixteen. Um, this is a particularly um, well worded um, verse here. So, sixteen chapter sixteen verse fourteen. Um, so actually, so again, we we find here the same type of thing: the gospel being presented. I'm going to go back to 11. We're going to we're going to finish with, with this verse here. I'm going to go back to 11. So so setting sail from Troas, um, we made a direct voyage to uh, Samothrace, and the following day to Nepalis and from there to Philippi which is a leading city of the district of macedonia and a roman colony we remained in this city some days and on the sabbath day we went outside the gate to the riverside where we where we supposed there was a place of prayer and we sat down and spoke to the women who had come together okay what were they speaking what were they there for what was their purpose presenting the gospel presenting the gospel Right? So they're there sharing the gospel. Verse 14 One who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods, who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what Paul or to what was said by Paul. And then what happened next? Okay, so so we we, we like, the very next verse says what? They were all baptized. Was the result of what happened with the word? Yes. Okay. So so let's let's follow let's follow this. So the Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what Paul was saying, and after she was baptized. <laughs> okay. So what do, what do we what do we place in between there when we're thinking about that event? What happened? Clearly, she believed. Clearly, she believed. Right, She would not have been baptized had she not have believed. Okay? But so connected is this idea of God opening the heart that they need not even fill in the blanks to what came afterwards. Right? So if God withdraws to us, our hearts are hardened. If God presses in on us, if he opens our hearts, what do we do? We believe. Right? If we're born again, we believe. Right? When he opened her heart, what flowed out of it then? Fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit. And she followed through in baptism. And then she's welcoming people into her house. Right? God opens the heart. God places within us a new heart. Where we had a heart of stone. A heart that when he withdraws would have been set on its own desires. He places within us a heart of flesh. And that heart of flesh believes. Yes. Right? Right. And the
1: result of a heart that's regenerated is not... And the goal is not uh, just a turn from immorality to morality i mean it's it's a completely changed heart yes that yes it's, it's a new heart it's a new spirit it's a new life God. yes not i mean I, I mean growing up in the south and i'm 57 so hearing lots and lots and lots of sermons throughout 57 years of my life. Yeah. You know, there's been a lot of emphasis especially in the first 30 or 40 years of my life on good behavior. Yeah. And not as a result of the regeneration.
0: Yes. God yeah. does a work, continues a work. We participate after new life. Yes. Right? After he's after we're born again, we participate now. Yes. Right? We participate, and ultimately knowing that He will bring this to completion.
1: And that's why um, trying to preach the gospel in a moralistic way is also very unfruitful. Yeah. Like if we, do, when I say moralistic, I mean trying to tell people, "Oh, this is how God's going to set your, right, your life right." Yeah. I showed the example right there of Lydia. She was a worshiper. She was already yeah. a worshiper. Yeah
0: so she had likely heard so for her to be a worshipper if if there's a direct connection between her being a worshipper of God what must have happened for her to come to worship right yeah. what must have happened is she heard the word of God yes. and became a worshipper of God and then the gospel is presented yeah. she was a genius, and she believes you know, yes she, she was like those
1: of us that grew up maybe in the church and we were
0: yeah. a little, uh, like grew up under a, a moralistic yeah. type
1: environment where the church wasn't really, well, maybe I didn't see it always as a gospel station. Yeah. You know, I mean, it probably was, but the devil blinded my eyes too. So as, as. As I've grown to know what the gospel really is, and what he, how powerful it is, yes. the gospel in my own life, I can testify to others. Like it's not about the good behavior yeah. you see in me,
0: and it can also be true that a person can when the when the word of God, because prior to this prior to this moment, the gospel clearly not i i don't mean clearly in in the sense that it's not clear that god's going to do these things in the old testament but prior to this moment had she only been aware of the new testament and how only or old testament excuse me and had only been presented those truths in the context of the way that the jews presented them Then that could have led her to a point, right? The purpose of the law is to lead us to that point. And then the presentation of the gospel brings us over into new life, right? That's that she knew who this God was. She found out in this conversation what it is that that God had done in the work of Christ. And then in hearing that, life was brought into her right she was born again in that in that moment um we will we'll end there um you could go on and on you could you could you could